Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listener to the Backtrack edition of our Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. Joining me as always is George. Hello, sir. And Mo. Hey there. And I am John. The Backtrack, as you know, is the episode where we pick a single topic we remember fondly from growing up as a Generation Xer and dig in deep on it. But before I get to that and I get ahead of myself, we've got to handle some fourth listener email. Wow, this is becoming like a regular thing. Right? Like, people keep writing us. I I think we have to keep recording. (laughs) I think that's that's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) So we got an email from Slow Mo in regards to our Schoolhouse Rock episode that was just last backtrack, as I'm sure you'll all recall fondly. Okay. I love that backtrack. Slow Mo says, FYI, with all due respect to Conjunction Junction, the best grammar episode was and still is interjection. Oh, shut up. I have to respectfully disagree Uh, with him on that. (laughs) No, I'm not even going to respectfully disagree. Shut the hell up. Uh, That's just kissing John's butt right there. I love interjections. I know you do. That's why he said it. He goes on to say, I'm happy, hooray, that you did this episode and I'm sad, oh, but I have to wait two weeks for another Backtrack podcast. Sincerely, exclamation point, slow-mo. Oh, good lord. (laughs) All right, I give him points on the hooray there. That was pretty good. He gets style points, I think. Yeah, he gets Definitely get style points on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for writing in slow-mo. As always, a friend of the show, and we appreciate that you continue to listen and continue to write in with your insight on why I'm right and George is wrong about the best schoolhouse rock. <laughs> Me and George know you're wrong. It's okay. Right. Yeah. There's room <laughs> on the like, show for all opinions. I love how John qualifies it. When it's agreeing with John, it's insight. When it's us, it's just opinion. <laughs> apparently. It's, it's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Moving on. We have another fourth listener email, but this one's special because this became the inspiration for this backtrack. Ah, okay. Okay. All right. This is from listener Marcus, who has written in before. Yeah. Marcus writes, I don't know if you guys did this, but before we got our MTV in our little town in Alabama, we would stay up all Friday and Saturday night watching music videos, switching channels between Night Flight on USA and Night Tracks on TBS. Wow. I, I can't say I did. <laughs> he says, I think Night Flight started at 11 p.m. and Night Tracks started at midnight. We'd spend all night flipping back and forth to see the newest video and without fail, get involved watching one that was okay. We flip over to the other one and we missed the one we've been looking forward to all night. Damn channel flipping to hell. <laughs> <laughs> no DVRs back then where you could record I know. and watch. And- exactly. So he says, anyway, I didn't know if other kids had similar experiences or if it was just my group. If so, I thought maybe it'd be a good idea for a backtrack. Well, I think it is a good idea for a backtrack. Yeah. What else got started in the middle of Gen X more than music videos? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's right smack dab in the middle of the early 80s. Yeah. So, Marcus, thank you for writing in. You have inspired this backtrack, Dawn of Music Videos. I, I feel like we're like Make-A-Wish Foundation or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Marcus. His yeah. last wish was for to inspire a backtrack and make his wish come true. Is John Cena going to come popping out of the woodwork anytime soon? What's happening here? John Cena! Yeah, no, he's not. <laughs> Night Tracks continues to play the top hits of the year. This hour will have Spandau Ballet, Lionel Richie, and Def Leppard. And now here's a super hit from Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Big Audacious Idea is the new podcast for deep thinkers and inquisitive minds. 
Each episode, Craig James blends philosophy and science to explore a bold new topic with one of today's most provocative thought leaders. Here, Seth Godin reframed the idea of cryptocurrency. Listen to Aaron Burdick's predictions for the future of augmented and virtual reality. Ponder life after death with Stephen Holly Martin. You can find Big Audacious Idea on your favorite podcast app or go to evergreenpodcast.com. Big Audacious Idea. See the big picture. All right, man, let's get the ball rolling. And I think to talk about the dawn of music videos, we can't just start with the Gen X experience because... Music videos dawned well before us. We've got to kind of go back in time a little bit, right? Oh, way, way, way back. Are we going back like to the dawn of music? Is that what we're saying? Or what are we doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> had music that's videos a long back time. Then. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll start with when music is being put on video. Okay. Yeah. And Mo, you started doing a little research for us, right? Yeah. They said the first recorded video with music with some sort of dancing in it was actually done in Thomas Edison's lab. What? Back wow. in 1895. Wow. 1895? <laughs> 1895. Yeah. They had one of those, it was like one of the first movie with sounds ever produced, actually. It's one, it was a very, very early version what, of it. What was in it? All it really had was a person playing a violin while two people danced next to him, which is kind of, <laughs> I, I saw a clip of it. It's not exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a Don Henley music video then. It was yeah, just exactly. one person up there. <laughs> That's where he got his inspiration. I was wondering that. <laughs> At the time, though, of course, it blew everybody away. Well, sure. Right. Yeah. You know, they felt like they captured like some living thing there on some sort of contraption. What is this devil magic that has captured <laughs> our soul? Yep. It sounds like a direct inspiration for Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love video. I mean, right? just stand yep. there, stand there, dead eyed and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he did shimmy once in a while during his song, so we'll give him that. Well, the violin player did too, to his credit. Well, I think the wind was just blowing his tie. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That certainly qualifies as pre-Gen X era by 100 yeah, years so. or so. In 1926, talkies became mm -hmm. a thing in okay. theater. All right. And, but it was, it was incredibly expensive to do. So what they started doing is uh, ahead of these films where they had limited music uh, or limited sound, they would do these short films short little musical shorts. And I think those could qualify as early music video too, because right away, as soon as they realized they could put sound along with the film, the quickest and easiest thing to do is a short segment, which is a song. My, the film is not going to be a talkie, but we will show you a short musical talkie in advance of it. And Ruddy goes, ooh, sound that's synchronized with the video. And so- That sounds like a precursor to the Pixar shorts a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, cartoons before the movie is the best thing ever invented, but right. that's that's a whole other issue. But yeah, right. <laughs> Having the small little thing before the main Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Of course. Of yeah. course. And I think it was a thing to, to use to kind of uh, prove the technology, get people excited about it. Oh, you got yeah, it. that's a yeah. good point. And, and then forward. if you're like, oh, well, I, I saw the musical short. So when a real talkie comes out, I'm going to go see it because it was amazing, right? It was yeah, like, right. it was like 3D for the first time. It was like, sure. can you believe it? <laughs> of course, the people who were in the uh, the orchestra back then probably were pissed off, but you know. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, they were all out of jobs, weren't they? Damn. Yeah, pretty much. And you know the animator Max Fleischer? Oh, yeah. He did those cool Supermans, didn't he, way back in the day? He did, yes. Oh, yeah, right. that's right. Superman, yeah. Yeah, as soon as those musical shorts started, he started doing these things called, they were animated, they were called screen songs, and they encouraged people to sing along, oh, and those were also run ball. in the theater. Was it, I was right, going to ask, exactly. was it the bouncing ball stuff? But yeah, it, it encouraged the audience to sing along with it and get involved in what you're doing. Wow, that's pretty cool. So let's move forward a little bit. We've got into the 30s, now we're into the 40s. And then a, a new thing started coming out called soundies. We'd had talkies where people could have voice, musical film and dance pieces called Soundies in 1940s. 
In my research, as far as I can find, that is the closest to the first music video as you're going to find because the whole purpose of it was to show off the music in these soundies. Okay. The 1940s is probably going to be the origin of this Donna music videos. What style of music was popular in the 40s? I mean, that's show 50s tunes, was bop, right? So was it show tunes? Would that? I mean, were there show? How were there show tunes? Like, I guess from Broadway show tunes, you mean? I, I I just always assume everything was hello Mahani, hello my baby, hello my ragtime. Yeah. Wait, you mean a frog singing in a construction yeah, site? Pre pre nineteen sixty, I assume everything is dancing frog. <laughs> That's probably a good assumption. You, you were definitely a Gen Xer if you got that reference. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, but so that moves right into musical films, which is not a special thing. They're musicals, as we all know them. Those became an immediate influence later on what everyone started doing with music videos because soundies were, like you described, even as far back as 1895, they were, look, musicians performing this music. But films that were musicals, they started to be productions where they said, yeah, the spectacle is the thing. A direct line you can draw is, I know you might remember Madonna's Material Girl was like very, almost almost a parody of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, you know, in in terms of all the people diving into water. And right. The, yes, coming down the steps with all the guys in top hats and everything. Well, even the dress <laughs> that she wore was, I think that was modeled exactly directly right. after the one in the film. Yes, yes. So yeah. you're starting to see how this Donna music videos, you know, we move from the, the early pre-sound and Edison's lab, and then these musicals start to inspire. The music video was a subset of the film. Yeah, and if you really want to see a good example, you should see the end of Blazing Saddles. Oh, when right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit further down the road, but yeah, okay. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. Uh, with style, with style. A place that really started to blur the line is when the Beatles started doing oh, their yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Now, I mentioned the, the the musicals were a film that had musical numbers. The Beatles, that kind of flipped that paradigm. These were movies that were just bolted around some songs. Or an album. Yeah, right. I don't know, I might call that the first true music video, but it happens to be an album video, right? Right. Especially because you got to think about the intent there. The intent with the earlier ones is to provide entertaining content that you will pay to consume. Mm-hmm. The second one with the Beatles and so on and so forth, it's to provide a format to get you to buy something else. In this case, the Beatles albums, later on the songs of Michael Jackson or whoever in the music video. So that is super key what you just said. I mean, it, the reading that I did too, you know, one of the things that really defined the music video, what made it a viable platform that we'll talk about later is the music video became a promotional tool yeah. to drive people to the artist or to the song or to the album. That, that's really key. I think the Beatles kind of started spawning that in their films. Yeah, especially right. if you look at some of the Beatles movies, you know, Hard Day's Night and all that stuff. If you looked at the parts where they're actually playing the music, those were little productions in the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. The rest of the movie was kind of straightforward, sort of act, trying were to Sub-clip act. music videos, sure. You yeah. could actually pull those out, and that would be a video, in my opinion. It was almost like when they produced those segments of the films, it was like, okay, let's get this perfect. Let's get it on the first try, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then when they would get to the non-musical part, they would be like, all right, this is the part we got to do, guys, to fill in the gaps <laughs> yeah, between exactly. the music. Right. How do we connect between this song and this song? Right. Here's yeah. a skit. <laughs> let's have Ringo <laughs> have talking idea. to let's John. Let's do animated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Of course. <laughs> you know, right after the Beatles, though, um, one of the early people to use like kind of video promotion was David Bowie. Okay. You remember Space Oddity? I don't know that I ever saw Space Oddity. Yeah. Tell me about oh, it. Oh, really? It was back in 1969. You know, Ground Control, Major Tom, all that. I know the songs, okay, of right. course. Yeah. He did kind of like a little 
video of him playing guitar, singing it, that I guess he uses kind of a promotion mechanism for the album because it was okay, so okay. kind of out there and different. Yeah, it was kind of loopy. Yeah. And part of what David Bowie sung is not just the song, but his own personality and performance. And it was more than just the music at that was point. Was that when he was still in the phase where he was wearing all the makeup and had the character that he was portraying and all? Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because that was like a couple of years before I was born. You mean David Bowie? Stardust. Ziggy Stardust, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that was a couple of years before I was born, so I wasn't sure yes, right. where that all fit. Yeah, I think that the difference, though, is that it became about more than the music at that point. He was promoting that character, that persona right, exactly. that he was doing and kind of drive that. Yeah, I could see that. Another example, though, that kind of takes us closer to modern times is, have you ever guys seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Queens? Oh, the video hell yeah. Who hasn't I seen mean, Bohemian Rhapsody? Just making sure. Uh, <laughs> if just you watched sure. Queens World, you saw it, you know? I mean, Good heavens. <laughs> you like loved what they did in the car and then you wanted to go watch the video. That was, um, was it seven years, six, seven years before MTV ever came out? What? Really? Yeah. Is 1975. Wow. It makes you ask, why would you create a music video? Where is it going to be seen? Yeah. I'm glad they did. But I mean, if they were just that far before their time or? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I wonder, I guess people just showed it on TV. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What was the you audience know, for that? That's kind of interesting Of course, question. you know, Queen being an England-based act, maybe there was something on the other side of the pond that we're just not aware of. Uh, so you're saying Queen might have been targeting that to a broadcast venue that we just didn't have at the time, but uh, made sense to them over that side of the pond. Exactly. It's possible, yeah. And mm-hmm. I've seen that video. We've all seen that video. It's a brilliant video. The four heads and the- Oh, shading and the lighting and everything. Yeah. <laughs> they had a plan for that video. It wasn't something off the cuff. Yeah, that was it, it was produced. It was lit. It was shot. It was edited. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, just sure. some guys in a garage. Right. Of course. Yeah, it was something that had a purpose. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my rag on gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. Could you use a helping hand on your next electronics project? Quad Hands is the ultimate third hand helping hands vice and hobby station. The first thing you'll notice is how heavy a quad hands is. It's made from solid steel and then coated with a baked on powder coat for a durable finish. And the rubber feet are gonna keep it from sliding on your bench and give you a nice sturdy work surface. Those flexible all metal gooseneck arms feature rotating alligator clips to hold your boards and wires firmly in place. And removable silicone covers come pre-installed on those clips to protect those delicate wires and boards. And those arms can be put anywhere you need them. No fumbling around with awkward joints that are difficult to position. The quad hands was designed to help you do your best work It's built to last right here in the USA and backed by a lifetime guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Order yours today from Amazon or quadhands.com. Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners can save 20%. Just use offer code GENXUP20, that's G-E-N-X-U-P-2-0. For your next project, let a quad hands hold what your hands create. That's going to lead us right into the cornerstone of what people think of when they think of music television, or at least it was for quite a while, and that's MTV. Hey. I want my MTV. There you go. <laughs> yep. Do you remember all the different artists? Yeah, yeah. They had a dual call out. They go, yep. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. You know, those were saying they're all British, apparently. Right. What this all then led up to on Saturday, August 1st, 1981, at 12.01 Eastern, a little screen lit up, and the words, ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll, played over the footage of a space shuttle launch of Columbia, and MTV was born. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I vaguely remember that. I was 10 years old at the time, and I re- I think I was awake when that happened, because I remember seeing it. They continued to use kind of like space imagery mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for the promos. They had right. the guy on the moon. With the flag. The guy yeah. in the spacesuit holding the flag was kind of iconic of them. That was That's like on a lot of their awards they gave out, even, was a little guy, the spaceman holding the flag, right? I was going to say, that's still yeah. the award for the MTV 
music video. And that still just harkens ceremony. back to their launch. The fact that they still have that damn thing <laughs> totally <laughs> blows my mind. Considering they don't away. show a damn music video on MTV, they Anymore. haven't shown one since 1985. <laughs> I don't. George, know. I know you know the answer. To this what was the first video ever shown on MTV? Video killed the radio star <laughs> by the Buggles. You tested us on this back on uh, on the Fads backtrack. Yes, right. Yeah, you forced me to learn something, so I knew this ahead of recording. <laughs> by the Buggles, I knew it back then, but I, I think I'd kind of forgotten it. And then it came back to my memory when I watched a movie called Empire Records, which is right. also kind yep, of yep. centered around that culture. And it was it was one of the songs on that awesome soundtrack. That's but, right. Yeah, yeah, the Buggles. One thing I found out when I was kind of doing a little research on this was that when MTV launched, they only had a hundred videos. Really, in their library. Good heavens! Hundred? What were they yeah. like? Three to five minute videos? How much time is that? That's five hundred minutes at most. No, they played the same ones over and over and over. I'm and just over trying again. to do the math on that. What is that? Like three hours? So they got a twenty four hour day because they didn't they launch twenty four hours? Yeah. Oh yeah. Holy they, crap! Yeah. So they just did a lot of a uh, lot of talking in between. <laughs> right. They, you had the original VJs. Yeah. The video oh, yeah. jockeys. I mean, I think they coined the term mm-hmm. VJ because yep, DJ did. was disc jockey, and those guys are still around, right? now on XM radio or Sirius or whatever. That's right. On my 80s yeah. on 8, that's where you can uh, hear all the original VJs. Nina Blackwood sounds like she was smoking quite a bit, but right. she's still <laughs> kicking. <laughs> I mean, it took off like a freaking rocket. Oh, yeah. Then all these other music artists and producers and stuff were like, oh my God, we got to get a video mm-hmm. out. And then you saw a slew of like really kind of cheesy. You can see they were like kind of quickly thrown together. <laughs> yeah. So let's do a quick round, Robin. I, I want to ask you guys a question. All right. Do you remember and what is your first memory of watching MTV. Where were you? What did you see? That kind of oh, thing. Wow. Let's start with you, Mo. Let's see. The first one I saw is Home. And actually, oh no, I saw MTV when it launched. Did you? Yeah. You watched it at lunch? We, we stayed wow. up for okay. it. Oh, goodness. You know, music videos. I mean, we've seen them and stuff, and they had such a huge publicity blitz on that thing. Okay. Um, so, you know, in New York, everybody was like, you know, what the you hell is this You were in New York at the time, so you knew it was coming. Okay. So, yeah. So, we knew it was coming. So, yeah, we were definitely there watching it right at the start. It was me and my brothers. My dad didn't get it, but that's okay. <laughs> what about you, George? A similar experience, um, not with my parents, but if I remember right, it was during the summer. So, we were out of school, and I remember not telling my father because I didn't want to get told no. So I told my mom, hey, mom, this thing is starting at midnight. I really want to watch it. Is that okay? And she was like, well, I guess since you don't have school, you know, you know, my mom, she's super sweet. You know, she's Mm going to let me get away with whatever I wanted. So as long as I knew who to ask, I was good. (laughs) And I remember watching the whole you know, the thing you were describing with the uh, rock and roll and all that. And then that Buggles yep. video. And I remember staying up for what seemed like another hour, but was probably about seven minutes before I passed out. Because <laughs> I was like 10, you know, and when you're 10, you know, you just right. conk yeah. right out no matter yeah. what's in front of you. You're done. What about you, John? What Do you have any memories? I'm kind of jealous that you both saw the launch. I didn't. Uh, and so at that time I was, uh, we lived out in the boondocks, the middle of nowhere and cable was not a thing out there. Uh, and frankly, I don't even remember knowing that MTV was coming, but I remember being at a party I wasn't supposed to be at, at a guy's house in town. They had MTV on and they were all like hyped about it. And I'm like, what are you talking? What is it? I mean, is it, is it a new kind of TV, like a physical box, like a special <laughs> right. kind of television that you're watching? <laughs> well, it's no, not, MTV, it's not dummy. It's no, not MTV. It's, it's, it's MTV. I want my, no. So, and I remember, I, I don't remember what video I was watching, but I remember we watched a video and I assumed that was just like, 
a cutaway. Like I was waiting to see what was going to be on TV after that. And it was more music. And I'm like, this is all it is, just music. I didn't get it when I first saw it. Because I'm like, well, what do they do after the song? What happens? They're like, another song. Oh, oh. By the end of the night, I got it. We were all glued to the set. But uh, yeah, the first time I saw it, I didn't see, get it I at all. I would have thought you would have latched right onto it. Because for those of you out there who don't know, John was a huge band geek. He's a musician. And I'm really surprised that A, you weren't clued in ahead of time and B, you didn't right, jump yeah. right on board the minute you saw the first video. Like it took you a little bit of time to get used to it. That's kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Well, who knew that's because I live in the woods. <laughs> <I tell you. laughs> All right. Well, before we talk about the growth of MTV, there were some uh, pretenders to the throne once MTV launched. I mean, it was a huge success right, right. out of the gate. Yeah. They weren't the only one. Marcus talked about a couple right mm-hmm. at the top, right? Friday Night Videos and... Yeah, so there was Night, Night Flight, Flight on yeah, USA. Night Flight yeah. on TBS. That's right. I, yep. I don't remember those. No? So you didn't get those? I we, got, we had TBS, but I don't remember those. The one that I remember is Friday Night Videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the one I watched. And that started in 83. Mm-hmm. And the other is around, around the same time because, you know, it didn't take long for people to go, you know, the big networks to go, wait a minute, these cable guys are making huge bank and all they're doing is musicians are giving them the videos. Yeah, they're giving them the and content. And they just have to play it and rake in the money. Right. But George, you said you don't remember those network music video shows, but you remember some other music. Yeah, I on mean, TV. I remember the Friday night videos one. I think that might have been the biggest. It was on NBC. Okay. But the one that I watched more than anything, and I'm I don't I'm not sure that I should classify this as a music video program because they didn't show a ton of music videos. They showed a few of the important ones. But the series that I remember watching the most was Solid Gold. Now it started oh, yeah. in nineteen eighty, oh, yeah. so a little <laughs> bit before MTV. TV, but it didn't start gaining in popularity until the whole MTV revolution really went crazy. So that wave washed over it, and I'm sure bolstered what Solid Gold had started. The interesting thing that I always liked about Solid Gold were the hosts of the show. Now, everybody knows who it started off with. Miss Cleo herself, Dionne Warwick. Oh, yeah. right. Dionne Warwick oh. was the first host. Then Meryl Maliku took over in second season. Then it went through just a list of like guest hosts <laughs> during certain years. Like Parade of guest Andy hosts. Gibb did okay. some. Rex Smith. Rick Dees <laughs> did some. If anybody remembers him. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that seems appropriate. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, from DJ, MTV. Right? She came on and did a few. She was slumming. Even Arsenio Hall, believe it or not, came on and hosted some. Oh, really? <laughs> it was crazy. All these different people. For anybody who watched Solid Gold, no matter what, the thing you watched it for was the dancers. So that's why I'm not sure it's a music video category, but it's music. It's on TV. I watched the hell out of it. So it's certainly caught up in that whole trend that. uh, Yeah. And I don't think it would have had the legs that it did had it not been for MTV. You know, I have a really fond memory of another pretender that uh, I couldn't even tell you the name of it, but on a little local UHF station (laughs) down in South Florida, I'd spent a summer with my buddy. And there was this little UHF station down there that decided they were going to try to catch on this music video trend, right? What? So, so I don't know where they got their videos, but it was very clear they had like a reel of about 20 videos because you had some really amateur Wayne's World kind of <laughs> Wayne and Garth sitting on their sofas, VJs, and they're doing their best to yuck it up and kind of be cool. And they pitch to a video and they play four or five videos in a row. But the reel of videos never changed. So they might start with like the third video, but you always knew what was coming next. And so every day we'd come home and watch it and they might like start on Oingo Boingo Dead Man's Party. 
but you always knew right after that was sledgehammer <laughs> and right after that was something else. And so you always could predict what was, it was like listening to an album, like the song fades out and you can already hear the next song in your head. That's how watching that little crappy UHF video channel was. <laughs> We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. MTV is up and running like a freight train. We've talked about some of the imitators and posers. Uh, I want to talk about some of like the seminal, huge, just blockbuster sort of videos that really left their mark. Uh, and Mo, you've done some research on this. Yeah, I mean, one of the early ones, of course, everyone knows this one is Thriller. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, that's, that was like a huge, I mean, it was- That's probably the cornerstone, right? So Thriller cost 500000 to make. Wow. Half a million dollars. In 1980s money. So $500,000 in 1983 money. All right. So for inflation, that's like one point, almost $1.3 million. That's more than- To make this zombies dance. That's more than I've got available on my credit card. <laughs> that's more than I've got on me. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the impact that it had on music videos. But the thing was, I mean, had John Landis, had like a real director, like John Landis, sure, you know, right, from John like Landis. American World in London, Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. It was actually pretty long. I think it was almost 10 minutes long, was wasn't it? it? It probably was because they did a whole, like it wasn't just the music. They did the whole story of the guy and the girl yep. on the date. And and I also, I remember the watching the the making of the Thriller video video. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, it was kind of actually interesting to see kind of behind the scenes and how they picked the different dancers. And they say that they were looking more for attitude and actual dance ability necessarily because they really had to ham it up. And Thriller is still just a phenomenon to this day. Every Halloween, people do the Thrill the World dance thing. My wife is a Thrill the World dancer. <laughs> she goes and dresses up like a zombie and they go and do flash mobs and wow. dance to Thriller every Halloween at time. So one other thing about Thriller, just to show you the impacts of MTV back then, was that that one video increased MTV's audience by tenfold? Real, like they so really? when it was out, as and soon as they well, played wait, it, and it, it so their audience, like their Nielsen ratings, jumped up tenfold because everyone wanted to see this video. Wow! And the other thing is that. You know, the song Thriller itself, I mean, the album had already been out for a year. You're right. Yeah. And it had like Billie Jean and all these other hits on it. <laughs> that whole album was just stupid. Yep. This, but this Thriller did hit the amazing charts until in a bottle. after the video came yeah. out. Huh. Really? Yeah. Huh. And matter of fact, it hit number one a year after the album well, came out. Well, that promotion out. worked. If it wasn't for the video, I would have never associated that song in my mind with zombies and stuff like that. I would have said, why is Vincent Price in this damn thing? Of course so not. that video really- Right. Exactly right. If we're talking about a video being- a promotional tool for an album or a song, there's the winner, hands down. Yeah. I mean, it, it puts an image in your mind. So one thing you just touched on, George, that leads me into kind of the next video I want to talk a little bit about is uh, the fact that something music videos do for us now is now when you're riding in your car or you're walking down the street, your earbuds and you hear a song, you now have an image in your brain of what's happening sure. in that song. You said you wouldn't have seen oh, zombies yeah. if not for Absolutely. the thriller video. And I cannot hear Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer without seeing all this stop motion oh, inclination right. in my head. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Okay. I'm with you. It was like Peter Gabriel's face with all these things around him and the, mm -hmm. the fruit case and the bumper cars Clouds bumping and everything. Around, the roller coaster, <laughs> and he's riding on the yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Exactly. And Mo, you said that was actually produced by the people that became Ardman Animation that do Wallace and Gromit, yep. right? That was one of the early projects. Wow. So that on. was before Wallace and Gromit or? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. That video was the most played video on MTV. Like ever? 
Uh, yeah, ever. Wow. Like huh. in rotation, most often. Because it was just so popular. Well, I mean, it certainly was, I mean, visually distinct. It was creative. It was different. Oh, it was. Yeah. Visually, it was absolutely stunning. I mean, the stuff that they did, and it led into his other super popular videos. I mean, Peter Gabriel, the stuff that oh, his yeah. people created was why he is who he is, I guess. <laughs> and I know Sledgehammer was one of those that uh, was on my chintzy UHF <laughs> loop. We always get to see it shortly after Oingo Boingo. <laughs> they, they, they knew what to copy. Once you Oingo Boingo, you can't go back. How many times did you watch that loop, yeah. considering that was like, what is that, 30 years ago, and you still remember the order and what songs were in it? Every day we'd come home and we'd have a pizza and we'd watch this thing for hours. And so wow. you knew the loop. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the artists though were on board with music videos like yeah. there were some holdouts in a way it seemed almost hypocritical with some of them because like you look at like george michael i mean he became huge because of music videos i would say well once he came around yeah but then at the end like toward the back end of his career i mean he had that whole the song freedom and stuff like that where mm -hmm. he like blew up all his icons from his earlier video right. days right he would never appear in another music video again oh. he refused just thought he refused to do it Sinead O'Connor is another one the one Prince song she did which was awesome well I mean which is just her face she kind of she kind of sunk her own boat she, she's yeah. pretty cynical about she's everything ripping people's pictures <laughs> up <Yeah>. and trying <laughs> to be all political and stuff I'm like listen you're a bald lady who's got a voice shut up that's all damn <laughs> in a way though I think they did have a point in that you know you look at like you brought up earlier George like it became more of the cult of personality and more about the artist or the video than the music itself the music became almost secondary in some cases yeah. like you said like Milli Vanilli, right? Uh, well, sure. Yeah. I mean, there were certainly those cases where the music was outshone by the video. But then you look at some people who didn't want to do their videos like Don Henley. I'm a huge Eagles fan. I've watched a ton of interviews with mm -hmm. Henley. He hated the whole MTV thing because he doesn't like being on camera. He doesn't feel that he's a performer. He feels like he's a songwriter and a singer and a drummer and that's it. But if it wasn't for the MTV thing, A, it wouldn't have kept his singles career as popular as it did wouldn't have made it as popular as it was. Yeah. And mm -hmm. B, he said without MTV, it's unlikely that the Eagles would have reunited. Really? I could see yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It, it's maintaining a demand. Yeah. Well, yeah. Makes sense. So, all right. I have a question for both of you guys. Do you okay. have a favorite music video? So I'll start with John. You got one? Oh, on the spot. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to think about it. Apparently I don't. <laughs> or I would just know it instantly. Don't, right? <laughs> Oh, you, George, you have one? Uh, yeah, without a question, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Early computer graphics, man. Uh, early computer graphics, another love of mine. You've got the wonderful Weird Al remake with the Beverly <laughs> Hillbillies that was another fun, super <laughs> awesome video with the, with the Jed Clampett and the dog and the little car and all. And not only that, the song itself had some great guest spots. It was one of those first songs that did the guest spot things, you know, but didn't even tell you that it was Sting in the background singing. Mm. And then on top of that, the guest spot tagline is, I want my MTV. I mean, yeah. how do you get more MTV than the video yeah. on MTV saying it wants more MTV. But the song itself was kind of making fun of all the performers on MTV. It was, but we all were so sucked in by how good the video was that the making fun of it was kind of over our heads at that time, at least yeah. for me. <laughs> I've got an answer now. Okay, all right, cool. All I right. know what my favorite video is. What is it? I had, to th I had to think about it. I had to go back and remember uh, what some of the ones where I watched back then. And the one that I can watch over and over and over that I still love is Take On Me. Really? The AHA video? By AHA. Come uh, on, that was a huge video. Yep. That was all the, the rotoscoping video. and the... Uh, yeah, it was. I just hated the song so much, I guess. <laughs> you are dead to me. No matter how good the Don't video was. Don't be a hater. Was. Don't be a hater. <laughs> I hated Take that Take On song. Me is amazing. 
well, the, all the like all the stuff that's drawn, they're like rotoscoped over stuff, and they're they're lost inside of the mirror sure. and the the drawings. It's just it te- it tells a story, which it I like. Yep. And, and a lot of it was imagery that didn't like. Matter. Why are these mechanics chasing them? I mean, <laughs> but it just looked it amazing. And and it's been uh, copied. I can still too. watch I mean, that visually. Today. I'll give you. It was stunning, but I mean, I just man, that song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably the one that sticks the most with me is um, Herbie Hancock's Rocket. Oh, the robots, the robots playing the keyboard? I don't know why. Yeah. That one, I just, right. I, I just love okay. that one for some reason. I have no particular reason. I mean, I like the song too, but. I'll give you that. You know, it was just such a cool, I remember the different... little, the one robot that just had legs that was walking back yeah, and that's forth. It. That's the part I remember <laughs> the most from that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yep. All good things must come to an end. MTV, though it's not dead, someone should take it's it out. Not, how do they because, even uh, call themselves MTV it's, anymore? It's not what it was. I, I think, honestly, they need to office space that thing, take it out back with a baseball back, PC low letter, the crap right. out of that really. thing. Damn, it feels good to be I mean, a gang. The one thing they did recently <laughs> that I thought was cool was when Prince died. They spent a day playing all his videos. They actually did that. Yep, well, they preempted okay. all their I'll shows. Give them credit for that. They thing. preempted all That's their shows nice. and everything. You know, it's like when you see all your family and friends at a funeral. It's like it's nice to see you, but this shouldn't yeah. be the reason <laughs> that we <laughs> get together. That's a yeah. good comparison. That is a good one. Yeah. It should not take Prince dying to say maybe we should put music on music television. Yeah, but really. What are you gonna do? I remember the first time I went back to MTV. I think I was like later in the college years, that kind of thing. And I noticed, wait, why are there TV shows on this thing? What? Where are the music videos? I just wanted to come home after work I know. watch some music videos eat a pizza and relax for a little while what the hell is this and then I had to start watching VH1 which was like right. the redhead stepchild of uh, like MTV Junior if you don't want any seasoning on your food you can watch VH1 it's like easy listening MTV <laughs> right there you go easy listening yeah. MTV there'll be nothing controversial on there right I mean, it's hard to fight the money. I mean, they first started doing the uh, reality TV and it was just to sprinkle in, you know, MTV, we're crazy, we're rock and roll and we're doing something crazy with this reality thing. The real world. And they're like, oh shit, it made money. Right. And they're like, well, maybe we'll do another one. Yeah. Well, maybe that's all we'll do, you know, and it's. Well, maybe we'll do 700 of them. Right. You can't blame them for wanting to turn a profit, but damn, I wish they'd have rolled out MTV2 or something. There was an MTV2 There was an MTV2. Yeah, that yeah. played music videos. Right, because the Rain Channel wasn't playing it anymore. <laughs> That's All stupid. Right. MTV2 yeah. should be the extra stuff. <laughs> That's my point. It's like, oh, well, I started growing flowers in my car. Well, I'll get a flower pot to drive it. No, the car's for driving. <laughs> Put the plants in a flower pot. You don't get a second thing to do what the first thing was meant for. That's stupid. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Uh, hey, well, at least ooh. MTV dying was definitely not the end of the music video. No, it wasn't the end of music videos no. by a long stretch. The fact that music videos produced drive the popularity of an artist, that didn't change. So things kept cranking along. And one of the places that's near and dear to our heart, YouTube, YouTube. boy, they brought music video back in oh a big God, way yeah. in 2005 when Wait, they started there, uh, there their There are music platform. videos on YouTube? A couple. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I no idea. One or two. I only watch Gen X Grown Up. That's all I watch on YouTube. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, most point. people do. Yeah. 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 What's the point of watching anything else? If you're watching YouTube, it should be bookmarked to Gen X Grown Up. Yeah, you got your PewDiePie, your Markiplier. All they do is watch Gen X Grown Up. Of course, right. (laughs) But yes, 
YouTube was a great platform for music videos because not only does it resurrect old music videos and were they on demand, you get them when you want them, but now there was a platform people were like, well, hey, that kind of reinvigorated creating music videos at all. Okay, all right. I mean, look at like Beyonce when her videos drop onto YouTube and stuff. I mean, they're huge. And yep. I bet you they that translates yeah. to probably hmm. huge sales for her as far as her music. Yeah, 20, 30 million views on a video, yeah. sure. So on the video, like, because, you know, we do links in our videos and all like that. I'm guessing that what then you can click on a link in their video and go to iTunes or something to purchase the song for 99 cents, that kind of thing. Is that how they're oh, shifting I, oh, the yeah. money? Yeah, there's, it is directly monetized. Yeah. You okay. betcha. I would imagine their yep. sales would be better for them. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, there's another network that was created just for music videos. You guys have listened to Vivo, V-E-V-O? No, I haven't. God, that does sound familiar. What is... No? Explain it to me. I mean, it sounds familiar. I think I remember it, but get into it. It's the MTV of a website, basically. Uh, if really? If you went to V-E-V-O.com, V-E-V-O, and you uh, you type that into your browser, we'll put a link down in the show yeah. notes, but I mean, it literally is music videos of the web. And huh. They're all there. It's not on YouTube as a channel. It's its own thing. Nope. It okay. is its own thing. Yeah. And it's huge for marketing of uh, artists and classic songs and new artists. Hmm. Uh, it's it's become a platform in its own right, by, absolutely. But well, it's might just be something for to check out. music okay. videos. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, I learned something this show. Well, congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My day is complete. <laughs> we learned that there's something called Vivo and that John has terrible taste in music videos because he likes AHA. There's nothing wrong with Take On Me. <laughs> now, how can you not like Take I, On Me? I, it was used in Deadpool 2, your favorite superhero movie of all time. And you know, it almost made me walk out of the theater. That's how much I hate that damn song. <laughs> it did oh, not. No, it didn't. <laughs> it did not. You lied. Like You're so rug. full of shit, your eyes are brown. <laughs> oh, Sick'em Friday on MTV2. It's getting tighter and tighter. A new block of shows featuring Steve-O and Chris Pontius in Wild Boys. Wonder Shows It, a.k.a. the craziest show you've never seen, a.k.a. what the... F plus Damage Control. Go to MTV2.com for more info. If anything in this episode has piqued your interest, we've put links in the show notes you can click on to find out more. Catch up on past shows and be alerted every week when a new one drops by subscribing to us in Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, iTunes, or wherever you like to listen. While in iTunes, take a second to rate and review the show. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. We'd love to hear from our fourth listener, so email your thoughts, suggestions, questions, ideas, or complaints on this or any other episode to podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is so much more than just this podcast. You can also find our video content on YouTube or explore our entire body of work on our website at genxgrownup.com. Well, that is going to do it for another backtrack. Uh, I have to thank Marcus for uh, writing in as a fourth listener and suggesting we talk about music videos. Uh, I never would have known that uh, you guys saw the origin of MTV and I had to check it out at a buddy's house, but <laughs> you live and learn, don't you? You learn about each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would have never learned about Vivo. So there you go. Thanks, Marcus. Yeah. We'll see you there. Yeah, it, thank you, Marcus. It's all there for you. And Marcus, we have, we have our fourth listener to thank. We will be back next week with our regular show, as always. I am John. Mo, thank you so much. Hey, man, it was always fun. And George, we'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Fourth listener, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye, everybody. This podcast is an affiliate of the GWW Radio Network. Visit Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, TV, cosplay, and more. 
And in everything that I read, that's the closest. That's the closest. Damn, I can't say the word closest. Closest. <laughs> and <laughs> there's our Easter egg. Ta-da! And it was near. Okay. All right. All right. One more time. <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Here we go. I'm just from now on. Every time that word comes up, I'm going to just say closest. I don't care. Thank you. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. That way we're all in solidarity and everybody's yeah. thinking that's, that's the word for John, real. Not to feel you know out there by just, himself. We'll say close. We'll just closest. We're gonna we'll just lean into it. Just lean in. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here okay. we go. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.